I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Hello and welcome to Waco PD on the Beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. We are having just an audio medium this time for this week's podcast. Yes, new equipment, new things we're trying, and we got really fancy microphones that we're using. And thanks for joining us on this week's episode. It's the end of the month, and we usually talk about maybe a crime stat that has gone up or what our, our officers and detectives have been dealing with uh, throughout the last you know month or so. We've got Detective Robbie James here. Hi, Sierra. With the theft unit. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. And you're here to talk about something that we've probably talked about before, which is catalytic converters. Yes. And they've gone up again. They have. We're not exactly sure why. No one in our area is buying them right now. That's what we're trying to find out. But, yeah, they have spiked again in oh. the last uh, month and a half, probably. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, before we get into too much of that, let's just introduce yourself first. How long have you been here at Waco PD? I'm Detective Robbie James. I've been with the Waco Police Department for 19 years. 19 yeah. years. You're not sick of it yet? No, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what got you into being a police officer in the first place? I just kind of stumbled into it. Actually, I was telling AJ about it a while ago. I was actually working at the women's prison in Gatesville, and a friend of mine was working here and suggested I put in. I put in, went through the process. It seems kind of long, and got it, and then wasn't sure I even wanted it, but then been a great career change for me. I loved it ever yeah. since. Yeah, yeah, you blinked, and now we're nearly two decades I later. Know, geez, oh yeah. my god! Rewind, but <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been in the theft unit? I've been in a theft unit for twelve years. Okay, very yeah. good. And it's theft and miscellaneous, right? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Okay, okay. So the catalytic converters, though, those go under theft. Yeah, that's under the theft category. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's first talk about. So we had, we've always had a kind of a problem with catalytic converters being stolen, and then a new law passed at the end of last year, September. Yes. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what that new law is, or how that was going to hopefully help change the the thefts. Sure. The new law that came out in September uh, made purchasers. So the, the biggest problem that we had before were all these all these businesses purchasing. And there was such a supply and demand for them that they were outrageously high, anywhere from 150 to $1,500 for one catalytic converter. So it got to where even, even the petty theft people were targeting those because they were so easy. They have very little traceable information on them. So uh, the uh, attorneys passed a law to have the buyers, the buyers are required to get more information and required information. And then they made it stiffer penalties if you don't do it. So in September, they passed a law stating that if uh, you purchased a catalytic converter from an individual, you had to have a, the title to the vehicle that it came off of. The VIN number from that vehicle had to be inscribed on the catalytic converter you buy, and then you had to copy that title and keep it for a year. So theoretically, any purchaser that purchased from an individual should have documentation for a year of every catalytic converter that they bought. That seems pretty far-fetched to keep up with. It's a lot right. of stuff. So even, even the local ones around here said, no, we're not buying them anymore. Uh, they can still buy them from... Other dealers are from businesses like wrecking yards and stuff, but then the wrecking yards are required to keep that information now. So, okay. So, for people that may not know, why are catalytic converters such a high commodity item? Like, why is it fifteen hundred dollars to 
trade one in when you can get a whole new cat back exhaust system for about the same. Exactly. Well, they got three precious metals in them. They got rhod- rhodium in them, pl- palladium in them, and platinum in them. Those three metals are what combine together when they heat up to attach to carbon particles. Um, back when COVID first hit, which is kind of what made them spike, all these mines shut down. So the only way they were getting these these metals were from other catalytic converters. So as the as the price increased, it went up. I mean, I think at one time rhodium was twenty eight thousand dollars an ounce. Wow! There's not that much in each one, but they were paying so much for them. It was unbelievable. That that is crazy. The yeah. amount of money that's just in your exhaust system there. Exactly. And so, okay, so how easy is it to steal a catalytic? Com- okay, first of all, someone who's not a car junkie, a ca- what is a catalytic converter? Catalytic converter is, is it on your exhaust. It filters the air through your exhaust uh, before it gets to your muffler. So it kind of takes some of the carbon particles out, and it's required to be on all vehicles. Some of them had, have different amounts of palladium, like it seems like I'm not sure which, you know, the amounts on each, but just based on what they steal, I feel I feel like the Toyotas must have more in them because that seems like what's mostly targeted. Okay, so you said the Toyotas are mostly targeted. And is there, what should people do as far as trying to prevent their catalytic converter from being stolen? For sure, park in the lighted areas. I have cameras set up. Um, some of the people that we've talked to have been marking, marking it with a high temperature paint. Uh, I think a lot of these... A lot of these guys that are doing this, it's so quick. It takes five minutes for them to do it, sometimes less. I've seen video where it took three minutes for them to do it. They crawl underneath the vehicle with a, you know, a Sawzall, electric saw of some type, cut it off. I feel like that most of the people that mark their catalytic converters in some obvious way, whether it be with the paint or uh, some kind of – they've got a bunch of uh, preventive theft mechanisms that you can weld on there and attach to it. Those I've seen those defeated too, but it seems like the people that mark them uh, with a high temperature paint, say a fluorescent paint, I think when the guys go underneath there and they see something's different about it, they think maybe it's a setup. I don't know, but the ones that we actually recovered before had the paint on them, and you know some of the buyers would call us and say, "Hey, we got some hot pink catalytic converters coming in here," and some of the dealers had marked all theirs with pink, so we were able to track them back to the buyer to the seller. So I think that would be a deterrent. I know they heat up super, super hot, 16, 15, 1600 degrees. So you'd have to find something that's not flammable, but that's right. I think that's a good deterrent. Park in lighted areas, use cameras, uh, and just call. When you see something weird or suspicious, call. You yeah, know, that's look. what I was going to say. Is like some of these have happened in parking lots of fairly busy, you know, big name stores. And you wouldn't think, oh, that establishment, I get my catalytic converter taken. Exactly. Right. Just pay attention. Like, if you see something that looks strange, call the police department. Exactly. Yeah, that's the biggest. And, and the ones that we've caught in the act have been from, from citizens calling saying, hey, there's two guys underneath a, underneath his car and there's sparks flying everywhere. <laughs> and we go out and, and catch these guys in the act. And that's the – these catalytic converters have very little identifying information as far as what vehicle they're specific to. Like we know they're Ford, Toyota, you know, Chevrolet, but as far as – having a VIN number or anything, it's really hard to track. So catching them in the act is 100% the best the best way to do it. But since the new laws change, even being in possession of them without a title, you know, without having a copy of the title or some documentation showing where you got it, it helps a lot too. So Okay, okay. interesting. So I'm sure that was pretty exciting for you when that new law had passed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, catalytic converter thefts dumped. I mean, they went way down. 
nobody was buying them. If you don't have a buyer, then having them is no big deal, you know. So uh, this recent spike that we're having now, I feel like is mainly from people out of town in the Houston area. The vehicles that we've tracked and caught on camera have all been from Houston, so I don't know if someone down there is still buying them or if they're, you know, if they're taking them to the next state or what they're doing with them. But uh, I feel like right now, as far as the city area, I don't think we have – a problem with people buying them right now, but I think some of the outside people are coming in and buying them. So. Right, right. That makes sense. But even then, so how interesting is it that you said that COVID kind of spiked up these catalytic converter thefts? Did we have so many before COVID happened? Or? No, they were, we had a few, but they were so rare because the, because the the price of the uh, precious metals was mm-hmm. you know it was it wasn't sky high, so. When it was getting mined, it kept the prices of the metals down. So catalytic converter thefts, I think, really were virtually non-existent. I mean, you'd have one every once in a while, and even wrecking yards would buy them for five or ten dollars a piece. But it wasn't like it is now, where they were given fifteen hundred dollars for one. Well, it's that time of year again, and it's the time where we search for new recruits to join our police department team. The Waco Police Department's civil service test is scheduled for March 19th. This is a day where a written and physical test is complete that you have to pass to start the process in becoming a Waco police officer. Before the civil service test is taken, you must complete an online application that you can find on our website, wacopolice.com. The deadline to complete that application is March March 1st. And for any questions, you can call our personnel unit at 254-750-7510. Right. Now, as detectives and officers, you guys are learning to kind of think like a criminal, right? Try to, yeah. (laughs) So is it interesting when they come up with these new ways or new uh, big ticket items that they just decide to steal one day and it just kind of skyrockets? It is. I, I mean... It's it's amazing to see how some of the criminal elements think and how smart they can be. If they put that to g- good work, they could they could probably be rich doing honest jobs. Yeah, there's many times where I've seen something. I'm like, this dude is like borderline genius. If I think he channeled that in a more positive way, he'd exactly. be the next Elon Musk or something. Like, yeah, for sure. Some crazy ideas out there. <laughs> nope, just taking catalytic converters. You got then. some dumb ones too. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> That's that's true. And they're both still in the catalytic converters, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. Well, how often does it... I mean, do you do you know when a catalytic converter is stolen? Does your car not turn on? How? Oh, you know immediately. Whenever you crank it up, it sounds like uh, the motor's about to fall out. Super loud. It's, you know, your exhaust has been cut at that point and severed. So it's like your vehicle with no exhaust on it. So everybody, whenever we read the reports, that the first thing, I got my vehicle, cranked it, and I immediately knew something was wrong. And, you know, a lot of people don't even know what their catalytic converter, you know, what it is. But uh, they know pretty quick after that because it's pretty expensive to replace. And some of them, like some of the new Toyotas, it takes, you know, five or six months to get them in. You know, there's such a back order on them. So. And how would you say that how many cases are you working with uh right now um i think since the first of the year we've probably had about 400 really yeah i was not expecting you to say that yeah, at it's all it's a huge number I wasn't either. <laughs> but as far as actively working so a lot of people wake up the next morning go out there and crank their vehicle and it's gone there's no evidence there's no video there's very little uh there's no witnesses so you you might find a saw blade that was left behind you know we get crime text to uh dust those all the time and to uh, fingerprint them but 
very little evidence is left unless you got video or you got an eyewitness. Uh, that seems like that's the worst problem. So it's so easy to do. It's, you know, some of these guys that we were having problems with before were walking into Walmart, still a TV. I mean, you know, we have people that are addicted to drugs, and they're just like, I'm going to do whatever I can do to get money. They walk into Walmart, still a TV. They know. They're still doing, even though they know that Walmart has cameras. They know they have security. They know they're going to call us. They know they're going to video you going out the store, but they still would do it. Now they have this. They can do under the cover of darkness. Nobody sees. Nobody knows. So it's even more of an opportunistic kind of kind of crime. It plays seems to pay good too somehow. So yeah, right. So this is something the catalytic converter. They sit underneath the vehicle, obviously. And I'm sure that these the vehicles that are being targeted, like you said, some of the brands, but these are probably vehicles that are probably sitting higher up on the ground. That right? seems to be the ones that they usually target. Pickups, big trucks, moving trucks. Uh, the bigger the catalytic converter, the more precious metals that it have, has in it. For a while, we were seeing a bunch of targeted vehicles like U-Haul trucks and, and that size vehicles. Now it's kind of going even down to SUVs, cars, anything they can get up under. Uh, if you have a small little low low framed car that that they can't get under, you're probably pretty safe. <laughs> yeah. But w- when we catch these guys, they usually have a jack and they'll have everything else. Yeah. So they could get to it. But so they, I mean, they've got all the equipment they need yeah. to mm-hmm. do whatever they got to do. The good thing though is that people are reporting when they're stolen because I know a lot of times we get cases in that. People don't report when something, or a lot of times it's like stolen guns, right? Yeah. And people say, oh, I didn't even realize my gun was stolen. That's where it went. Thanks for finding it. Yeah. And so, but with these, people are reporting them? They are reporting them. For one, they're reporting them because it's obvious and they know immediately. I mean, the ones that report it late are the ones that come, you know, like Baylor students that were out of town or on vacation. They come home and they're, and they're crank their car and it's gone. Um, but I think they're they're reporting for that for one just because it's so obvious for two because it's covered under their insurance uh, and so they report it so that they can have documentation for their insurance and then I think that's why there's such a high number of reported ones. It's very seldom I think that somebody gets their stolen that that they don't report it. Right. I saw recently that Baylor had a pretty big increase in those catalytic converter thefts. Do you guys work? hand in hand with them or how, how does that work if it kind of happens we pass on? information back and forth i just talked with officer curry over there this last week on a, a case that he had several several catalytic converters stolen involving a white camry i saw i had the same vehicle uh we talked back and forth he's been following up on the case he's made a bunch of contacts uh, so we've got a couple suspects in that case that we're looking at right now so okay okay that was good yeah, and, and I would say, now, we don't have to give away our secrets, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no trade secrets we gotta, we, we're going to give out. But how how does a case like this work? How, how do you kind of solve or, or what's kind of the big telltale sign sometimes? Well, the, the most obvious is having video. I mean, like in these cases, I've been working with uh, Officer Curry from Baylor. There's video. They have Baylor. You know, Baylor has video all over the place. The apartment complexes that got hit, in Waco had video too. We met, we were able to match that up. That's to me, that's the easiest. Um, but tracking it down through the buyers. I mean, if we can find, once we get a suspect and we can find where they're buying it, there's usually some kind of documentation uh, that they sold stuff there because the buyers are still trying to seem, you know, up and up. So they, they usually document their stuff good. And we worked with the Lorena. There was a, a quality parts in Lorena was excellent i mean they had the great video great 
uh, audio. They had everything, and they kept great documentation. So anytime I had a suspect, I could make contact with them, and they were more than willing to help. I mean, they're they're, they're pro police. They're trying, you know, they're they're just trying to make a living. So. Crime Stoppers is an organization which bridges the gap between law enforcement and the community so together we can solve crimes in our neighborhoods. Crime Stoppers encourages the community to assist in the fight against crime by overcoming the two key elements which inhibit community involvement, fear and apathy. Crime Stoppers allow citizens to anonymously submit tips. Tips can get you up to a $2,000 reward if it leads to an arrest or solves a crime. Tips can be submitted by calling 254 753 H-E-L-P, which is 4357, visiting org or downloading the P3 app. Remember, tip submission is always anonymous and can lead to a reward of up to $2,000. So where a lot of these guys or girls are coming from Houston, how, how much more complicated does that make it? If they're coming from Houston, hitting places here in Waco, and then they could uh, be going anywhere exactly. in the state to sell it. Yeah, just, it, just because of the, of the restrictions, you know, with the – with the uh, availability and, and and just being able to go between lines, between county lines, is so much hard. It's so much harder because they've got a lot of stuff they're working on. You, it's hard to get somebody in, and say, hey, could you go by and check this address out and see if this vehicle's there? Right. <laughs> and it's hard to convince my boss that, hey, I need to drive to Houston and see if this car is at this address. So it makes it ten times harder, and I think they figured that out. They're like – Look, we've got all these lines that they they have difficulty crossing, so let's go back and forth. So I'm not saying we probably don't have guys that go to Houston and do it. You know, I don't have no idea, but I, I feel like they've kind of upped their game to that level. They know that all the jurisdiction issues that we have to face every day, that it just makes it a little bit harder for us to do our job. And and we're still – we still try to catch them, yeah. And, and we always say they got to be lucky every day. We just got to be lucky one day. That's and, true. And so uh, we we have a great – all these all the officers do a great job responding. I've been watching whenever we, somebody puts out a catalytic convert theft. I mean, they're like right on top of it, and they're trying to do a good job for the, for the city. And uh, the citizens are getting a lot better. I think they're starting to realize more about what's going on, so we're getting a lot more citizens calling in saying, hey, this is kind of weird. And plus everybody has phones now, right. so that helps too. They're taking pictures of the cars, and they're taking pictures of the suspects. So – I think all in all, I can see it's probably going to start trending back down. Yeah, mm -hmm. but usually it takes us to rest in a few people, and that's all we're going to do. Th that's right. That's, yeah. that's that is what <laughs> yeah, we're going to do. That's right. It, uh, along the lines of arresting a few people, is this one of those things where every time you make an arrest, there's just someone that takes their place? Like another person will come up and, and start doing this? Not or? so much. I think there's there, uh, it's not so much like a ring, but I think when they see somebody get, uh, I don't know if it's worth all that, you know, because it, it, it usually it usually winds up being some type of felony and and then it can be two or three different felonies you know if, if they use a false id if they i mean it could it can snowball into a lot of cases so uh we had one not too long ago where they witnesses saw the suspect officers got in a pursuit with him you know he had dope so just that catalytic converter theft and a witness calling in the cops so you had evading arrest then you had you know, had the catalytic converter, then they had possession of a controlled substance. You see, it just kind of snowballed into something big, and I think that's a lot of drama for them. You know, so I think that kind of deters it when they start seeing their buddies going to jail. But it's not so much. I don't think one jumps in and takes their places. It's just they're just trying to make easy money. Right, right.
I mean, and that you made a good point a little bit earlier is that the community is kind of gone in to come and help. So in your 19 years that you've been here, how have you seen that change from the community reaching out to us and helping you guys with these investigations? A ton. I think, you know, just for one, just an invention of cell phones. Everybody's got cell phones now that, you know, 10 years ago, half the city had cell phones. Today, 99% of the city will have cell phones. So I think... It's just so much easier for them to call and say, hey, something's going on over here. This is weird. Uh, and so it, ten, it tends to help people to be more proactive that way. And it just, I just think that, that most people just have a genuine concern for the city, you know. And really, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, I feel like the city of Waco is pretty blessed. When, you know, the officers here are pretty blessed. The city seems like they're, they're for us. And we don't have any. We don't have the problems that some of these other places have, and I f- still feel like we're trying to do a good job, and I think they recognize that. So we'll just keep at it. Yeah, absolutely. I think a big thing is we can't do our job without them. Exactly, for sure. I mean, you know, well, there's 300 of us, and there's 200,000 of them. Yeah, <laughs> we need their help just like they need our help for sure. Yeah, and this city's growing, so oh, yeah. the more help yeah. we can get, the better, right? For sure. That's right. That's right. So anything that uh, we haven't touched on about these cases that you think is important to talk about? I know you mentioned earlier, we talked about the law. want to clear some something up about the buyer. They can get in just as much trouble buying oh, yeah. these, right? Yeah. Just pos- having, possess- having possession of them without having the proper documentation now is a felony. So that's why some of these uh, fly-by-night buyers have kind of quit doing it. You know, at one time people were passing out cards, I'll drive to your city. You, you know, you could go to, you could get on Facebook and say, hey, I'll drive to your city and get these. All that's kind of stopped after September because now if they don't have the proper documentation, they can, they'll be, it's probably a higher crime than the person who cut it off. So once you kind of, you cut the head off the snake, it kind of starts trickling down. So I feel like they're on the decline again. The ones that we're seeing pop up now, I really truly believe are from out of town, uh, people pa- passing through uh, on the weekends especially. It seems like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a lot of the apartment complexes will get hit. The best advice I can get is just to kind of keep a watch out, park in a lighted area, park where you know there's cameras, and just be as proactive as you can. If you see anything weird, call us, you know. Yeah, we'll get there as quick as we can. Check it out. See, don't hurt to check. So, Do you feel like with Baylor, when, when Baylor is in session, that those co- crimes might kind of tick up a bit every now and then? I don't know. It almost seems like when they're out, it seems like we have more because okay. when they come back, it's like they're all calling and saying, hey, somebody stole my catalytic converter. <laughs> right. So I don't know if, you know if people know they're gone, but it seems like it definitely happens more on the weekend, which also leads me to be, believe it's from people from out of town, you know. Okay. They come into Waco for the weekend, cut catalytic converters, and then leave. So, And like I said, right now we have some suspects from Houston. I, we're looking at six or seven different different people. So hopefully we can get some of that shut down and get to stop. All right. Not worth it. Not worth Not it. Not worth it. No. no, because if it, you know. Pretty much end goal is uh, jail. Exactly. That's, that's what you're gonna, it's going to turn out to be. <laughs> it seems easy. It's a, just a good way to ruin your life, actually. Yeah, yeah really, really. All yeah. right. Well, anything else that you'd like to say to the community or anything like that before we go and we wrap uh, this up? Just keep up the great work. Keep calling us. We'll keep doing our best, and uh, we'll help out every, every way we can. Y'all keep helping us. We're going to keep helping y'all. Right. I, I would say just something that else has popped up. As more of those reports come in, they, some of them kind of tend to line up, right? And then it's easier to kind of connect those oh, yeah. puzzle pieces. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. 
Okay, very good. All right, so keep calling in. We appreciate you guys. And uh, Detective James, thanks so much You're for, welcome. Thanks for coming you. on thanks today. Thanks, AJ. Y'all have a good day. Yes, thank you. All yeah. right, and thank you guys for joining us here on Waco PD on the Beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator from McLennan County. See you later, Waco. Until next time. Waco PD on the Beat, the heartbeat serving 